Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm joined by Mike Barco. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Grayson. Thank you. It's good to have you. Mike's here in the Front Porch Talk studio today to share his testimony with us. And as we've said many times on Front Porch Talks, not really his testimony, but God's testimony through him. Mm. So, uh, Mike, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. Okay, well, from uh, Dumfries, Virginia, right outside of Manassas, uh, my dad worked for the FBI in Quantico. Uh, he was an FBI agent. And then I had uh, an older brother, Chris, and two younger sisters, Lizzie and Katie. Uh, was raised uh, in a religious home, uh, was raised in a Catholic home. So what was it like to grow up uh, with an older brother and two younger sisters in a Catholic home, and the son of an FBI agent. <laughs> well, I had to mind my P's and Q's. My dad uh, taught me discipline, and I'm very, very grateful for that. You mentioned that your family grew up Catholic. So uh, share about your earliest memories of either going to the Catholic Church okay. or experiencing Christ personally for sure. yourself. Sure. Well, um, I was uh, big into works. As some Catholics are, the more I speak and share today, I'm finding more are trusting in the work of Christ alone. Uh, but I was trusting in my works, very, very sincere, uh, but sincerely wrong. Um, I remember uh, swimming. I was a competitive swimmer, and I remember swimming laps, uh, saying the rosary. Um, and I remember going to a Catholic school and one of the things that I was taught is that if I went to First Friday Mass nine times in a row, I would be guaranteed a spot in heaven. So guess who went to First Friday Mass nine times in a row? I would have gone 90 times in a row because <laughs> I wanted to get in. <laughs> I just didn't know how. <laughs> yeah, you talking about nine times and how you would have gone 90 times. I was thinking about... Peter asking Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive right, somebody who right, wronged right, me seven right, times? Right, right. And said, no, 70 yeah, times right, seven. Right. I'm glad it's so, not up to me. I'm glad right. it's up to him. Right. I'd still be swimming. <laughs> so what I hear you saying is you had a religious experience, not really a relational experience as we understand it. It was all about the rules at that time. I was working my darndest uh, to get in. And uh, on a good day, I felt like I'd get in. On a bad day, I felt like I'd go to hell. So it was, uh, it was a roller coaster. It was all about my works. It wasn't about his work. At what point in your life did you realize it wasn't all about works, that it was about, you know, his work, the work yeah. he did of sending his son Jesus to die on Amen. the cross for our Amen. sins, Amen. nothing Amen. that we could do but Amen. only through trusting in him? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, still into working out, not like I used to be, but... Uh, uh, met a guy at the gym, his name was John, and John's arms were bigger than mine, so I was drawn to John. And uh, John came back to my apartment, I asked me if I was going to heaven, and I said, I hope so. And he said, why? And I said, I'm a good person. And he proceeded to show me that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Uh, I learned that I'd hated, and hatred was murder, and uh, lusting was adultery. So 
I'd always thought the adulterer and the murderer was in trouble, but I realized I was in trouble too because I was an adulterer and I was a murderer. And at that moment, I realized that my works would not save me. There was nothing I could do. Well, it's neat. That gives me a whole new perspective on, I know something we'll cross later on, uh, you know, the whole, uh, are you going to heaven? Right. So uh, anything else before I skip kind of ahead that's been foundational in your walk or uh, any experiences that's been foundational in your growth and your relationship with Christ along the way before I kind of jump ahead a little bit? Yeah, um, I would say suffering has been the number one thing. Just learning to deal with that and not fighting it and not not having an expectation that things are going to get better. Um, I heard a message a couple weeks ago and the guy was talking about faith versus optimism. And optimism is things are going to get better. And he was talking about these people in this prison and everybody that was optimistic, you know, I'm going to get out in the summer, I'm going to get out in the fall, I'm going to get out in the spring. They all died. And it was the ones who had true faith that God is with me and God will never leave me and God is for me and God is my Savior. And, and that's enough. That's enough. So probably, you know, suffering would be disappointments and uh I was hoping this would happen, and this happened instead. Um, I was looking forward to this, but instead it was this or that. That surrendered heart, you know, that says, not my will, but thy will be done. And, right. and then your heart changes from, um, what, what did Pastor Adrian say? Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there's nothing upon earth that I desire besides thee. So if I can get to that point where he is my desire, he is my sole desire, uh, then I don't know that I'll be disappointed. I don't, I don't know that I'll be, uh, won't be ashamed. Uh, he is my desire and I have him. And then it just becomes, I want more of him. And then suffering becomes the vehicle by which I can know him, that I may know him and, and the fellowship of his sufferings. So then the very thing that, uh, you know, maybe you don't like becomes the very vehicle by which I can know him. And that becomes your heart's desire. So Lord, help, help me to have that desire, you know, more and more. Thank you for sharing that, Mike. And as you were talking about suffering, I was thinking about the scripture verse that says, Take heart, for in this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. So, you know, at first it starts out as a little bit of a depressing scripture, like we will have trouble, but it's also take heart for, you know, the troubles in this life are temporary. They won't last forever is what I hear. And that he has already overcome the troubles that we have, and also the Bible says he will never leave us or forsake us. We know that he walks with us and is inside of us and will help us through the struggles that we deal with in life. So that's just encouragement. And also the other word that it kept popping out to me, you didn't say this word, but I thought of this word, and that's joy. And joy and happiness are not the same thing. We can have joy even though we're going through hard times and going through suffering. It doesn't always mean we'll be happy, but we can have joy even when things aren't happy. Mike, you mentioned uh, that uh, there was a guy at the gym one day. I forget what you said his name was. John. John. But uh, you were talking about how John's arms were bigger than yours, and you were drawn to him. But what was more important, you mentioned that John asked you an important question. He asked you if you were going to heaven. And it really made you think, and you gave him reasons why you thought you might be going to heaven. And you realized after he shared with you that God needed to do a work in your life and needed to do a change in your life. And I know 
people on this broadcast, unless they know you might not know this, but I know you're passionate now about sharing the gospel with others. So maybe it stemmed from that conversation with John that day in the gym, but just talk about when you really desired to share or maybe felt led by God to share the gospel with others. Yeah. Well, I guess for me it was this whole idea of being sincere, but being sincerely wrong. And there's many sincere people out there, quote-unquote good. Of course, we know no one is good except God, but you know what I mean. But they just don't know. And how are they going to know unless, unless I share with them? So that whole idea bothers me that somebody can be sincere and die and go to hell. And I'm like, I want to tell them. And there's so many people that want to hear. Uh, as I was sharing last week at a Gideon's meeting, people want to hear more than we want to share. And many times I hear that voice, they don't want to hear, you know, look at their tattoos, yada, judging, judging, horrible. And yet, when you ask them, you know, would you like for me to share? Absolutely. You know, this is what I want to hear. And wow. And so the more you do it, the more confident you get um, that, wow, people really want to hear. And then when you see that light go on where the person understands the truth, it's like, wow, this is amazing. So it was tough at first. When I began to share, there was a couple conversations in my head. It was like I'd be trying to share the gospel, but then there'd be that flesh just screaming, you know, what about this person? What are they thinking? What are they thinking? And to go through all that was very, very difficult. There was an intense battle there, but I just told myself, I'm going to share because people need to hear, and it's not about me, it's about them. Penn Jillette said, um, he's an atheist comedian. All right. And uh, he says, um, uh, I'll never believe in heaven. I'll never believe in hell. You'll never convince me of that. But he said, I don't, I don't respect Christians who don't proselytize. He said, if you believe there's a heaven and it's possible and that people could be going to hell, how much do you have to hate someone not right. to tell them? And, you know, if, if there's a truck coming at somebody at 60 miles an hour, at some right. point you tackle them. And this is even more important than that. So that realization motivates me because, you know, I want to fit in. I want to be part of the group. I want everyone to like me. You know, I don't want to be different, but it's not about what I want. It's about what he wants. And right. you do the best you can to be gentle and sensitive. And, you know, may I share with you and you ask permission. Uh, in the end, there are going to be people who get offended, but uh, the cross is an offense. Um, so by the grace of God, I'm offending people less and less, I guess, by being sort of brash and out of the spirit. Um, and as um, I'm given over more to death, then it's his life in me, and he is perfect, and he does all things well. Well, I love that Penn Jillette quote, so to speak, or comment that he said about even though he doesn't believe, he doesn't respect Christians who don't love people enough to share what they believe, even if people aren't receptive to what they're sharing. You know, you've shared the gospel a lot, so if somebody maybe is listening today and they're a little concerned about how to start a conversation and sharing the gospel or maybe even sharing their testimony with somebody, right. what would your advice be to them and how yeah. to break the ice, yeah, so to yeah, speak? Yeah. It's kind of easier for me. One, I've done it so many times. Two, I have this little bracelet and the bracelet is kind of an in, hey, would you like a bracelet? May I explain the colors to you? Um, without the bracelet, Obviously, there's times I don't have a bracelet. I try to keep one with me. But, you know, I have found just be honest with people. People can tell when you love them. 
Um, Penn Jillette was talking about a Gideon who gave him a Bible, and he was saying, this guy really loved me. And what I have found is, like if I'm having a conversation with somebody and I want to share the gospel, if I try to grab a hold of the conversation and twist it around to spiritual things, mm-hmm. I'm not really listening to the person. Mm-hmm. I'm not loving the person. I'm not trusting the spirit. I'm trying to grab a hold of that. And so the best way for me to do it is, you know what? Would you be okay if I shared something with you? You know, just be honest. You know, I really care about you. You're my friend. I've known you for X amount of months or weeks or whatever. And man, I really want to share something with you. Is that okay? And then if they say yes, you know, start sharing. I'd like to share with you about, I guess you can start with your testimony or you can just say, I'd like to share with you about how you can go to heaven. Right. Would you like to hear? And as soon as you say, I'd like to share with you about how you can go to heaven, would you like to hear? If they say no... I had a buddy at the gym years ago, and I went up, and his name was Daniel, and I hadn't met him before, and I said, oh, Daniel, that name's in the Bible, (laughs) and he said, back off, bucko, back off, barco, (laughs) and I backed off, and I was just his friend for a long period of time, but it actually made it easier for me, because once he set the boundary, and once I knew I've already broached the subject, he's told me no. I don't have to worry about broaching the subject anymore. There's no stress. I'm going to respond to him. And little by little, he was sharing with me. He opened his heart to me. And eventually one night, I was able to lead him to Christ. So lots of different ways. You can do it over a period of time. You can do it one-on-one right away. But um, just love the person. You know, love is the key to sharing the gospel. People can tell if you love them. And it's okay to just say, may I share something with you? I care about you. I'd like to share with you how you can go to heaven. Well, I don't want to hear. Okay, um, you want to go get something to eat? And then that's it. You've already brought the subject up. You wait on, wait on the Lord. Well, thank you. Uh, that's all great advice, Mike. Certainly, you got to build a relationship with somebody first. I know it's been said that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so that's what I was thinking about as you were saying that about, you know, the guy at the gym that you built the relationship with. And you had already opened the door. So if he was interested in that conversation, then he knew, you know, that he could come to you and then that would be the open door for you to start that discussion right so that's great advice would you like first of all to share where you first started sharing the gospel and then we'll get in a little bit later into where you share the gospel on a regular basis well i think it's natural when you first get saved you start thinking about your loved ones right and those who are closest to you and so i'm sitting here thinking well i got two younger sisters i got an older brother i got a mom and a dad I'm scared. Which one is easiest? Little sister. (laughs) So I went to my little sister, and I shared the gospel with her. And she wanted to pray with me to receive Jesus. And then, of course, what was the next one? The next older sister, right? And I shared with her, and she wanted to receive Jesus. And then I shared with my brother, and he wanted to receive. And then I shared with my mom over the phone, and she wanted to receive. And then my dad's been a little bit more difficult. Uh, of course, he's the uh, patriarch, I guess you'd say, right. of the family. And, uh, you know, you got to respect your pops. And, right. you know, he's, he's the pops. And right. so, uh, you know, if you're too strong with it, you're not honoring your pops. And so with pops, it's been more of a heart connection over the years. And that heart connection has healed me. Um, I had all sorts of issues for many years 
I, I think it was because of a, not a, a, a tight relationship with my dad, and I'll take, I'll take responsibility for that. Uh, but it's interesting that when you're not living there anymore, uh, now you can just be friends. Right. And the closer you become as friends, uh, then your hearts connect. And as your hearts right. connect, my heart got healed and his heart got healed. Right. And he's been suffering here, here lately. And uh, I've noticed that there's some great changes going on there. So um, God's been good. And I thank him uh, that, that I've been able to share with everyone in my family. Well, uh, praise God. He certainly answers prayer. And I think that's an encouragement to anybody listening today that might have lost loved ones in their life. I'm sure we all can think of somebody, friends or family member that are lost, that need him. And I would encourage people to start by praying for them first and, you know, pray that God would open the door with those family members. So thank you for sharing that, Mike. And uh, would you like to share, I know uh, you have a nonprofit called Communities for Christ where you go around to uh, fairs and share the gospel. And you also have a few locations in Harrisonburg where you share the gospel. So if you'd like to share about that ministry and the things that you do through Communities for sure, Christ. Sure, I think I think your dad had um, given me some counsel years ago to make it official and you know, get an office and uh, get a board and, you know, have this person on the board and that person. And uh, God's been gracious. Uh, we've been doing it for 12 years and uh, have some wonderful people on the board and wonderful volunteers. Uh, we basically share the gospel. Um, I use a five-colored bracelet, um, and that's the instrument. I guess you call it a lure. Um, and we use that to explain the gospel to people. Um, I'm downtown a couple days a week, and, and then we go to, to JMU uh, when they're in session. Uh, and then Fridays, you've probably seen me with the cross. Uh, this year, all the fairs and festivals were uh, canceled because of COVID, uh, but the Lord did open a door for me to go to Ocean City four times and sit on the boardwalk and share. And then I, I like to share wherever I go, at the fitness center, at uh, the food line, was able to, without getting into too much detail, right. I felt impressed to um, offer a, a lady, uh, it was raining, man, would you like for me to walk you to the car? She didn't have an umbrella. And she was like, wow, I can't believe somebody cares enough about me to do this. And she was talking to her husband. And I said, well, make sure he gives you permission. And she let me walk her to her car. Uh, she said, you're so chivalrous. You're so wonderful. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Uh, get her to the car. And uh, I had told myself, I'm not going to do this with the expectation of sharing the gospel. Because if I do, right. it's not genuine love. Right. What I was going to do is just my expectation is a lover. After that, I'll offer her the bracelet. And I said, you don't have to if you don't want to. So I did that. And she actually got excited. And she said, you're the one that holds the cross. Wow. You know, and then, and then that opened the door for me to share the gospel. And she was trusting in her works, you know, like I was. And she was in the Catholic religion. And uh, she heard the gospel and she wanted to put her trust in the Lord. So it's um, highways and byways, various events. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to share the gospel. Right, yeah. And sharing the gospel isn't always with words. Sometimes words are necessary, but sometimes it can just be actions. Actions speak louder than words. And Mike, if you would just like to share maybe what days you typically share downtown, if there's certain days of the week that sure, you typically... Sure. Wednesdays is the standard day. Um, 
and then Thursday's the standard day at JMU. So Wednesday's downtown, Thursday's at JMU. JMU not being in session, then I was sharing Wednesday and Thursday downtown. And then Friday uh, is the cross. And then uh, this past weekend, um, there was an Apple Days Festival in Waynesboro. And so I got to share there Saturday and then Sunday. And some of the stories, I mean, you'd have to actually be there. I do have a newsletter. I send out with pictures and stories for people to see. But I just think about Saturday, and it was like you have this beautiful story first thing in the morning. You're like, wow. And then there's another one and another one. It's like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. Uh, And then Sunday, uh, Rob uh, Gilbert came and joined me and really needed that help. I I went on Sunday kind of worn out. And I was thinking, Lord, I don't have anybody to help me. And Rob says, I'm coming. So the Calvary was coming. And that was a beautiful thing. So praise the Lord that I get to share the gospel. Well, thank you for sharing that, Mike. And uh, you mentioned you have a newsletter and you mentioned about uh, Communities for Christ. If they were interested in more information about Communities for Christ, do you have a website that maybe you could give sure, or a way sure. they could subscribe? Well, I'll, I'll give you my email, Mike, uh, M-I-K-E dot uh, Barco, B-A-R-K-O. Uh, just remember, I think there's a Barco lounger, somebody mm-hmm. said, and may my life be characterized by lounging in the arms of Jesus, you know, resting in him. I don't know how you spell the Barco lounger, but mine is B-A-R-K-O. So like tree bark and an O, Mike.Barco at, and then reaching the lost, reaching the lost altogether dot org. Mike.Barco at reaching the lost dot org. Mike, just anything else that you would like to share about your testimony or what God's doing currently in your life? that I haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already. I think one of my problems as a Christian was, you know, we trust God to save us, um, but then we try to do it ourselves. And I think it says Abraham was persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Um, And of course, Abraham took matters into his own hands and he went into um, Hagar and he had an Ishmael. And I think when God lays something on your heart, look at Moses. I mean, God laid it on Moses' heart to be the deliverer, and he took matters into his own hands and ended up killing somebody. Uh, Abraham took matters into his own hands and had an Ishmael. My experience has been, as Pastor Kerry says, uh, waiting is worship. And I've always, you know, something's on your heart. It's like, well, this must be God telling me to do it. So I run out and try to do it, and every door slams, and it just doesn't work. And what I've found is the promiser is also the performer. And the one who made the promise is the one who's going to do it. Right. Um, so it's been, it's been a hands-off. It's been don't take control of the situation. Don't take matters into your own hands. You let me do it. You be quiet. You be still. You keep your mouth shut. That's a big one. And you trust me. You trust me to do it. I make all things beautiful in my time. Right. And um, right now, you need to suffer. Uh, you need to wait. And... Uh, you let me do it. So I would say the number one thing is just letting God do it and letting the Spirit do it. And that's a that's a process that you learn. You know, sometimes like, well, if I do this, is this me or is this the Lord? And um, I had a time with the insurance where a brother had said, you know, I, I had a similar thing where, you know, somebody hit me and they were liable and they were giving me the runaround. And I thought, well, I'm going to call. I'm going to call and say, hey, if you don't send me the check, you're going to hear from my attorney. Uh, but then he said, you know, why don't you wait? So I prayed the next morning and waited. And after I prayed, there was a phone call and they said, we're sending you the check. 
Um, so it's awesome when it happens like that. I don't know that it always happens like that, but it's cool when you let God do it. And um, I'm learning, you know, more and more. I let God do, you know, even with witnessing. I, I think years ago when I witnessed, I was a little bit too trying to do it myself uh, instead of letting the Spirit do it. And now it's like, you know, I'll offer someone a bracelet and say, Lord, if you don't want them to hear right now, if it's not time, have them say no. I, I don't want to barge in here if it's not you. And so, you know, would you like a bracelet? Well, no, thank you. Okay, well, that's the Lord. You know, you let it go. So it, it's learning to let God do it instead of Mike. Thank you, Mike. That is a great advice. And if you would mind just sharing the colors of the bracelet like you share with somebody, like when you're sharing the gospel sure, with Sure, sure, sure. Well, uh, there's the connection. Uh, for me, it's just saying, would you like a bracelet? May I share with you? And um, I like to just do a little simple icebreaker, um, you know, touch your nose. Right. Uh, touch your nose, Grayson. <laughs> uh, zero to 100, how sure are you that you have a nose? 100%. We have a winner. Ding, 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 ding. All right, Grayson, uh, zero to 100, how sure are you that you would go to heaven? 100%, but oh. I'll play along and okay. say 70%. Okay, all right, Grayson. Uh, all right, uh, thanks for being honest. Um, would you like for me to share how you can be 100%? Once again, I'll play along. My yeah. true answer would I'm be... I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> because Christ died for my sins, but... Ding, but ding, 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 we have a winner. <laughs> let's just say somebody says, because I'm a good person, I okay. read my Bible, yeah. I go okay. to church every week. Okay, all right. So, Grayson, um, would you be okay if I shared with you how you can be 100%? Yes. Cool, all right. So, Grayson, when you say, like, you're good, do you think you're good enough? It's I hard would, for you. Yeah. yeah, I would think. Well, a lot of people say, um, well, I hope so, or right. I am. Right. And I say, well, you know what? Let's find out if you measure up. Because if you fall short, what happens to you? You wouldn't go to heaven. Right. So how important is this? Very important. Right. Then what I do is I take out uh, the commandments. And I say, here's a measure up test. Uh, number nine, I've lied. Have you lied? Yes. So what does that make us, Grayson? Liars. Right. Number eight, I've stolen. Have you stolen? I'll help you. <laughs> we can copy an answer on a test. Uh, we can copy a CD without permission. We can leave work two minutes early, take right. two minutes long on a break. We've all stolen things. Right. Have you stolen? Yes. What does that make us? Steelers. That's a football team. <laughs> Thief. <laughs> See, that brings some humor into right. it, which takes the pressure off. Grayson, I've lusted. If you say you haven't, your nose yeah, is going to grow. Right. You've lusted too, right? right? So Christ, of course, said if we lust, we commit adultery in the heart. So what's that make us? We're adulterers. Right, right. Uh, I've hated. Have you hated? Yeah. And you know what God calls hatred in the heart? Murder. Yeah, so what's that make us? Murderers. Yep, and I've used God's name in vain, OMG. Not intentionally, but okay. I probably have okay. said, oh okay. my gosh, or something right. like that right. to that account. Yep. Something and that that's, wasn't pleasing. Yep. And that's blasphemy, so it makes us blasphemers. Uh, I'll review with you, Grayson, real quick. Lying makes us... Liars. Stealing makes us... Thieves. There you go. Lusting is what? Adultery. Hating is... Murder. And using God's name in vain is... Blasphemy. It makes yep. us blasphemers. So, Grayson, um, uh, that's why Christ said, no one is good except God alone. Do you measure up or do you fall short? Fall short. Join the club. All right, now here's what I want to do. I want to show you how you can measure up. And what we do is we go into the courtroom. Uh, I ask a few questions, uh, show them an electric chair, uh, show them there's nothing that they can do. Uh, what they're doing is they're trying to do something to get into heaven by what they're doing. 
um, show them what Christ did. Christ has already done it all. And show them who Christ is. So what they need to do is trust in Christ alone. Right. Uh, the person of Christ, he's God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The work of Christ, it's what he did. It's not what we do. Um, and then at the end, I invite them to repent. And the way I do that is, as I say, um, when we started, do you remember the answer you gave me as far as why you would go to heaven? Right. Now, it was about me. Yeah. yeah. So, who, so who were you trusting? Me. Right. And if you're trusting yourself, then who's your Savior? Me. Right. Can you save yourself? No. Right. And so what I say then is if you put your trust in him, how sure would you be that you would go to heaven? A hundred percent. And what would be the reason? Because he died on Good. the cross. All right. And then who is he? He's my Savior. Good. And is he God? Yes. Good. And then I simply say, when would you like to put all of your trust in him? Now. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people say that. So I like to sort of put the ball in their court and say when so that they can have an out. But it just seems like people want to do it now. So it's a beautiful thing and uh, more detail, I guess, uh, at some other time. Well, thank you for sharing, Mike. And uh, thank you for your passion for Christ and your passion for others, especially lost others. And uh, I pray for you, and I pray that God continues to bless your ministry and the ministry of Communities for Christ. Thank you for being willing to join me on Front Porch Talks today and to share your testimony. You're welcome, my brother, and thank you for what you do, and I love you. Love you, brother. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that as you've heard Mike Barco's testimony, that it has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.